Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Hi, I'm RPJ, and welcome to another episode of Dad's Read Princess Stories. Today we are bringing to you the true tale of Princess Elizabeth of Austria, read by Martin Dockery. Martin is a master storyteller hailing from New York, USA. Martin is a world-renowned fringe theater artist. We asked Martin to write a short bio for this podcast, and this is what he wrote to us. I've been a dad for almost two of the 51 years I've been on this planet. It's great. Today, the little girl started saying, What the deuce? Which officially makes her a great companion with whom to weather this viral storm. Currently, we're holed up in the far tip of Long Island, New York, in a beach-slash-fishing town called Montauk. I say currently, but since this is all inconceivable, it's therefore conceivable this is forever. Meanwhile, an alternate version of us is gearing up for our yearly tour of performing fringe festivals across North America. What they don't know is that we're living the more interesting lives in this universe, if that is unexpected equals interesting. With that, this is the bizarre true story of Princess Elizabeth of Austria, Read by Martin Dockery. Once upon a time, there was a princess named Elizabeth. Princess Elizabeth grew up in a country home playing all kinds of games with her father all the time. Together they would disguise themselves as peasants and perform acts outside beer gardens for pennies. No one had any idea who they were. She spent most of her childhood running around her neighbor's orchard, stealing fruit, and she wrote romantic poetry about, you know, virtuous maidens. She was beautiful and free-spirited. By the age of 15, she had caught the eye of the handsome 23-year-old emperor Franz Joseph during a family reunion. Because, of course, that's where you should meet your future husband, at a family reunion. That's a joke. Don't do that, okay? At the ball, the very next day, the emperor requested every single dance with her. It was like a fairy tale come true. Days later, the emperor asked for her hand in marriage, and on April 24, 1854, at the age of 16, Elizabeth married the emperor and became empress of Austria and queen of Hungary. But not all was perfect for Elizabeth. For her new mother-in-law wasn't the biggest fan of Elizabeth. The Archduchess Sophia was ripe with envy and felt as though she should be ruling. She was often heard giving backhanded comments to the Empress. These comments always affected Elizabeth deeply. After remarking once to Elizabeth about her yellow teeth, seriously, she said she had yellow teeth. I mean, think about that. Someone says, you have yellow teeth? How's that going to make you feel, right? I mean, like Elizabeth, you would never open your mouth to smile and you'd barely ever open it to speak. And that's what Elizabeth did. The Archduchess was controlling of her son and demanded much of him. For when the marriage between Emperor and his new Empress was finally consummated two days after the wedding, it was the Archduchess who was the first to know. Once Elizabeth became pregnant any remaining freedom she had was wrenched away. In March 1855, at the age of just 17, Elizabeth gave birth to a girl who was named Sophia by the Archduchess for the Archduchess. The baby was then taken away 
and placed under the care of her grandmother. The nursery was outfitted with staff chosen by the Archduchess and had the added benefit of being located on the same floor as her apartments. Elizabeth's hatred for her mother-in-law would blossom into an obsession that lasted until the Archduchess died in 1872. The odd thing was that Elizabeth wasn't all that upset about the Archduchess taking away her firstborn child. What? She was more upset about the comments on her looks and her yellow teeth. Unable to control most aspects of her life, she turned to the one thing that she could manage, her appearance. She was manic about cleanliness and hygiene. I mean, right? Who wouldn't be? Yellow teeth? I mean, really? Of course you'd be manic about hygiene. Elizabeth's hair was very long, so long that it went right down to the floor. Elizabeth made sure to wash her hair every single day. Having her servants wash her hair with a dozen egg yolks and 20 bottles of the best French brandy. Later in her life, she added pressed onions and Peruvian balsam to the shampoo mix. The nightly brushing took several hours and had its own rituals. A white cloth was laid over the floor and the hairdressers were clothed entirely in white. After they brushed and arranged Elizabeth's hair, They gathered up the strands that had fallen out and counted them one by one. And if there were too many, the empress would uh, become disturbed. She saved all those fallen hairs, marking the date that each one fell. She then wore her hair piled up in a braided crown, which made her head look way too big for the rest of her body. Along with her elaborate washing and brushing of her hair, Elizabeth starved herself to preserve her tiny little waist, which measured only 18 inches around. She would show it off often by having herself sewn into her riding clothes and wearing chamois leather undergarments to provide warmth without adding bulk. She weighed herself twice every single day, and if she exceeded her self-imposed limit of 110 pounds, she then immediately put herself on a starvation diet of raw meat juice, oranges, and egg whites mixed with salt. So really, if you're ever complaining about your dinner, just consider you could be eating raw meat juice with egg whites uh, and salt. So you got a good kid, all right? Elizabeth exercised incessantly, walking for six hours a day, riding horses and fencing. She had a Swedish masseur work on her with a special lotion of alcohol, glycerin, and cow bile. (laughs) She's an attractive woman. In her dressing rooms, she had baths installed so that she could dip into cold water every morning. In the evenings, she bathed in warm olive oil to keep her skin supple and soft. If she were near the coast visiting, she would have seawater brought in and warmed for her bath. These punishing fitness and beauty routines became even more intense when she was stressed. For when she was 20 years old, she lost her firstborn daughter, Sophia, to measles. Elizabeth straightaway refused to eat and seemed to be intentionally starving herself to death. The emperor, 
was quick to have another child, and one year later Elizabeth gave birth to another daughter. During her pregnancy, she found her body disgusting and refused to be seen in public. After the birth, she became obsessed once again with regaining her figure and followed her starvation diet and extreme exercise. Quickly, she began to obsess over the idea of being the most beautiful woman in the world, collecting scrapbooks filled with pictures of other women she considered her rivals. Oddly, despite the attention lavished on her looks, Elizabeth bristled at anyone actually looking at her, often hiding her face behind a fan or a parasol. She saw herself as a goddess whose beauty was not for mortal eyes, as if she feared people's gaze would somehow destroy it. Elizabeth's obsession with her beauty was coupled with a deep persecution complex. By the age of 22, she complained of being surrounded by enemies, crying often and shutting herself in her room for days at a time. Elizabeth rallied after becoming pregnant for a third time in the hope that the child would be a son and she would never have to deal with being pregnant again. Once her son, Prince Rudolph, was born in 1858, she threw herself right back into exercise. Elizabeth had a gym installed in her dressing room, complete with parallel bars and rings. She became abstinent to maintain her self-image as an unsullied goddess. But in 1867, she became pregnant one last time, giving birth to Valerie, the only daughter she raised as she wished. But once again, after her birth, she went right back to her old ways of starving herself. And by 1875, she was sleeping with hot towels wrapped around her waist to keep her slim. Even though she was now 38 years old and a mother of four children, her waist still measured no more than 20 inches. She continued her crash diets of only grapes or milk and violet-flavored sorbet. As Elizabeth aged, these obsessions began to take a toll on her skin, prompting her to go to radical measures to preserve it. She started sleeping in a silk face mask lined with raw veal to remove freckles. I mean, listen, freckles are not bad. Okay, and you want to know what is bad? Sleeping with raw veal on your face, okay? So let's keep things in perspective. Um, she also coated her face in purified honey for hours, following that up with a paste of fresh strawberries muddled with petroleum jelly. She basically made her face in, into a big, like, three-course meal. She bought special Jersey cows, which she felt gave pure milk, which she then used as cream, mixed with a paste of lily bulbs as lotion. In 1889, her son killed himself and his 17-year-old mistress in a suicide pact. Sweet dreams on that, okay? <laughs> this drove Elizabeth further into self-isolation, pushing her deeper into her eccentric behaviors. And that same year, for her birthday, she asked for a Bengal tiger, and barring that, a fully operational lunatic asylum. Like if there's any clear 
sign that someone is going crazy, it's when they ask for a lunatic asylum for their birthday. Okay? Just keep that in mind. It's number one on the list of signs that someone's losing their mind. Elizabeth's mother wrote to her once saying, you don't know how to live or to make allowances for the exigencies of modern life. You belong to another age, the time of saints and martyrs. Don't give yourself too much airs of the saint or break your heart imagining yourself to be a martyr. In a way, Elizabeth did become a martyr of sorts, emblematic of the dying European empires. For on September 10th, 1898, whilst on a walk in Geneva, Elizabeth was stabbed in the heart by an Italian anarchist named Luigi Luceni. She was 60 years old. And Luigi later said he had been looking for a crowned head to murder that day, and she just happened to fit the bill. Adding insult to injury, he said, and she wasn't even that beautiful. Quite old already. So, the moral of the story is, of course, if you live near a princess, for goodness sakes, open up a fresh produce market with a little butcher shop right next to it, and you will perpetually be in business. If the royalty in that castle are even a little bit as vain as that princess was. Well, that's all we have time for tonight, my little one. And so, good night. That was Martin Dockery reading the true story of Princess Elizabeth of Austria. You can follow Martin on Facebook and Twitter at Martin Dockery. You can also check out what's next for Martin at martindockery.com. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dads Read Princess Stories and on Twitter at Dads Read. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Join us next week with the tale of Princess Isabella. I'm RPJ. Thank you for listening. Stay safe.